Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 230th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net, Audio Technica, and Manscaped. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8bit. And joining me today, my podcast, Ride or Die, the trickster to my devastator. You can find her on Dem Socials, at Miss Ellie Hart. Miss Ellie Hart, what is going on today? Good morning, good morning, good morning, sir. How is your morning been so far? I'm so tired, Miss Hart. I'm Same. so tired. God. Yeah, we're both uh we're both sort of at nerve ends. You know, we're very, very raw and sensitive and yeah, very sleepy. Very uh, delicate. For, like I know you've been awake for a while due to time zone differences, but you're also awake <laughs> ungodly early, even for your standards, right? Yeah, yeah. We hours in the early morning. Usually usually a really good crossover time actually, where I could still converse with you Aussies and it would still yep, be yep. just late in the night, I guess. But yeah, I just you know, walking around like zombie mode and trying to get back to sleep. So just watch a bunch of Lord Order SVU, which usually gets oh, me. Oh hell yeah! Back Are you to in sleep. The, like the new stuff or the old stuff? I've actually already watched all of Lord Order SVU, so I'm rewatching it. So and I'm already in season ten. So damn, that's um. Stabler's gone. He went in nine, didn't he? Was it season nine? He well, left. He still I think. seems to be here. Um, but. I think he's still in there because this is um, we're clocking over to that episode where um, they did that really tricky thing where oh, what what are the crime scene people that you know dust for prints and everything like that the forensics forensics crew? that's it yeah so um, it's that season all those few episodes where that young kid kind of joins and he's very eager and I think he like you know oh like yeah a, yeah the young boy yeah, yeah I know the one you're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. so yeah. Um, I'm Sadly, it doesn't end too well for him. No, and it doesn't end too well for one of our favorite, like forensics um, guys, that also is in Oz, which always like throws me off. So, but a lot of people yeah. in Law and Order SVU appear in Oz. So, yeah, kind of interchangeable. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, one and the same, one and the same. But a great show, and somehow still going after. Is it what twenty four seasons? Maybe more I now. Think I think it's more now. I think it's like we're in twenty five, twenty six. But goodness it's, gracious it's me, it's not as good as it used to be. With no, nah, no, nah, it's getting by. Ever, ever since Stabler went, and then like anyway, it, it's a whole thing. We could have a whole <laughs> podcast honestly, about SVU. Yeah. yeah, but I'm really tired because uh, I don't know. We haven't talked about it on this show. I've talked about it a bit on Hoop Dreams, but there's this new craze going around the internet in the world called uh nba top shot and what it is it's like it's like digital card collecting so this company dapper labs partnered up with the nba and you know obviously the the whole card collecting craze thing is just running rampant you know pokemon cards and sports cards and everything else like everybody wants this memorabilia so what they've done now as they made these digital moments uh, in the like using the blockchain mentality, so these these cards or these moments almost become a piece of cryptocurrency. So there's only a certain amount of these moments that ever get released, 
And then their value can obviously increase, decrease depending on market demand. And then also based off the popularity of the player, how rare the moment is and all this stuff. So I've gone all in. Like I've gone full Hamburglar on this thing. Like it is all happening. I moved pretty much my entire cryptocurrency wallet to this NBA digital card front just as a calculated gamble to see if it pays off. So yeah, so I'm... um. There's, there's this great website called like evaluate.market that just popped up on the back of this and it can sort of tell you what you've put in, what what it's valued at now, where you sit in the ranks. And I mean, I'm just on the fringe of the top 10% of all NBA oh, Top Shot collectors globally. <laughs> so uh, I'm in there with my, with my 40 moments and they that like this thing, it's only been out for like a month, right? Uh-huh. But it is just to the moon. Like it is craze to the moon and um yeah they had an official card pack release but due to it being in america for us in australia it was like 3 a.m queensland time to wake up to get in this queue to try and get this deck of cards so i woke up joined the queue and then once the the sort of you could say the shop front officially opened at three they randomized it because there was only eleven thousand of this uh pack of card available for this morning and have a guess how many people were in the queue to try and get this this uh this uh, rare set of um, moments that dropped today. 100,000. 185,000 people were in the queue. So you had about, you know, a, a, a 10 to 15% chance of getting in. Sadly, I missed the boat. John, I missed the boat. But our, our boy Garbs made it in. So he got a pack. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> so congratulations to to Garbs for, for snagging a pack of those rare moments. Sadly, Jono and I came up uh, with the big goose egg and then I went back to or attempted to go back to sleep, but because I was so wound up waiting to see if I was going to get in that first 11,000 with the lottery, mm-hmm. then it didn't happen. So then I was frustrated and had to sort of, you know, slow the heart rate down again to try and get back to sleep. So in, in short, I'm very freaking tired because of digital NBA cards. Like as dumb as that sounds, uh, it's the the craze that's not only stopping the nation but the world at the moment. Like ESPN are starting to cover it and all the big sort of media outlets are. Players are starting to do like cut, uh, box breaks and stuff like that. It's it's what? really going off. So it's like it's, it's crazy. It's the equivalent of like, yeah, just like card trading but it's on a digital yeah. aspect and – it still has value, even though it's not yes. a physical object. So it would be like if Pokemon cards became like just like a uh, like what like a file on the computer or on the internet, like and then you pretty much have pretty a much. Pokemon card. Yeah, but because it's built on sort of that blockchain algorithm, uh, yeah, like there's only a, a limited amount of ones around, mm-hmm. obviously. And on the back of that too, I guess you're never going to get any. Like if they're getting graded, they're all ten out of ten, really, aren't they? Because well, yeah. there's no <laughs> they weathering. don't lose value. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so like the the main the hype behind it at the moment, it's like whether it be the rookies or like then the like all the the popular players. Like if you've got a mixture of rookies or like you know your LeBron James and you know Steph Curry's and Luka Doncic and stuff like that, that's where the money is. So, what stops them from you guys creating like multiple accounts to have a higher chance of you know, getting a role in these random drops. Nothing, nothing. Like I've been looking at trying to get a secondary account, but I think they are starting to get a bit diligent as far as bots and, and yeah. snipe accounts and stuff like that. But I don't think they've got the secret source for that at the moment because they've had to sort of pause card drops here and there due to issues in the back end with with various botting and stuff like that. So it's still, I think, a work in pro- progress there with Dapper Labs, but... um. 
it's exciting to be to be in it. Like it's like with any type of market, you know, whether it be stock market, crypto, and stuff, it, it fluctuates. Like mm-hmm. I, I got in at just the right time, and uh, you know, the value of what I put in has has since increased in a big way. But because there was a new card pack drop today that value then dropped a little bit because there's new cards out there, but in a couple of days it'll flatten mm. and then sort of bounce again. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Like I had, I got one card just before this stuff started to really boom. I bought that card for 15 US dollars and I sold it last week for 550 US dollars. F- really? Yeah. 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 Like hand to heart, like not even bullshitting. So it was my first sale. But like, yeah, you can sort of see the trajectory on some of these things where, you know, a player, all it could mean is like a player one in one game, like on say, say he plays today and player X goes off and drops 40 points or does a sick dunk. Then you'll see his, his progress on the market and his like value just go, his card price will shoot up. And then like, yeah, it's, it's insane. So, uh, yeah, it's high risk, high reward. Like, um. Yeah, the market's flat again at the moment, but uh, I'm in it for the long haul. Well, I'm in it for the haul enough to once, once like if I can get out and sell on a high, I'm selling out on a high. Like this isn't a forever thing for me. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm pump and dump, pump and dump, pump baby. And dump. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you got me curious now. So yeah. especially with that kind of conversion of 15 bucks to 500, Jesus. Yeah, like when these things first came out, they were selling cards for a couple of dollars each uh-huh. and now... Like I've got a LeBron James card there worth two thousand US. What? Yeah, and like the highest, I can't remember. Like I didn't, haven't seen the last couple of days. But one moment, because they're all serial numbered as well. So if you've got like the number one of this moment, like a LeBron James sold the other day for two hundred eighty thousand US dollars for one of these little digital moments. <sighs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, the world is a strange place, Miss Hart. It's a very strange place. Very strange. But another sort of strange place that we've uh, we were co-inhabiting this past week uh, was an alien planet named Enoch, mm. because uh, you and I got in amongst that uh, Outriders demo that dropped on uh, all them platforms just yesterday, and uh, mm-hmm. we gave it a bit of a run. Yeah, like we said we would. Um, I'm actually yes. impressed that we were able to follow through with that considering uh-huh. the space and time between it dropping and then when we actually record the podcast. So we're able Nailed to it. roll around in <laughs> what, <laughs> what was the demo. Yeah, it's, it was pretty interesting experience. I pretty much loaded it up as soon as it, w- it had become available, which was, I think, about 9 a.m. over here um, on a Thursday. So, uh, unfortunately, right on launch, which I guess is to be expected, I started playing and then everyone got booted out on, I believe, PC. I think I saw a few console players on Twitch still able to play, but on PC, we all got booted out of the service and um, they had to put out a tweet saying that they're trying to fix it up and, you know, they've obviously, like, you know, hit a bottleneck essentially because everyone jumped on at once but they got it they turned it around pretty quickly um jumped back in I was kind of upset because all the progress that I did um it didn't recognize the save point so I had to do it all again um and that's rough the start is like I don't know like the start for me kind of dragged it felt like it dragged a little bit considering to like once you get past is it spoilers? I don't know. Like once you get past like the first point and then you really get into what is present day, I guess, for the game, 
it feels like it kind of drags on a little bit and seems almost like it's quick enough that it doesn't seem relevant considering but obviously as the story probably goes on as the full game releases maybe it will be more relevant but um yeah so doing it all again doubling down it was pretty annoying but once you do it once it, it, if you're playing the demo you don't have to experience it again like if you want to yeah, try which, a different character or if you want to try a different you know um path different class yeah, exactly you don't have to go through that whole start again yeah so it's, it's pretty fun like i guess the, the premise of the of the game itself is you're sort of uh like Earth's pretty much kaput, you know. Mm-hmm. Earth's Earth's dead. Uh, we've found this other planet called Enoch, which apparently, based off this expedition team, is is going to be very inhabitable and close to Earth. So we're looking to colonize and bring all the remaining human survivors from Earth to this to this big planet. But you land there um, as part of this one of these like original expedition teams, and you're an outrider, which is sort of like a like a, a tracker hunter. Mm. military type of special forces person i guess you could say like they're a very rare illustrious breed mm-hmm. you're this outrider with this expedition crew things go awry massive like big energy storm occurs which mm-hmm. they call the anomaly and shit goes south really quickly mm-hmm. uh you end up getting uh frozen in cryo because you get seriously wounded in this anomaly and then you wake up 31 years later uh on on still enoch but things have turned to hell and it also, it's almost then like a a Mad Max type of situation where there's just sort of like bandit groups vying for power, mixing in with this crazy sort of hostile alien planet and, and the anomaly and all the things that come with it. And uh, you find out that not only yourself, uh, but also some other colonists have superpowers off the back of this anomaly thing uh, where you can control certain elements. And that's where those four classes you can be. So you've got the pyromancer, which obviously can manipulate fire. You've got the technomancer, the devastator, which I played at, which is more of a seismic. And then the trickster, which you were rolling around as, which is sort of like a time manipulation mm. uh, class. And they synergize really well together. Like you, you pop an ability and then I use one and they all work well to do maximum damage and do crazy buffs. Uh, I like that they had some some like the the cooldowns are pretty short it felt like yeah, like you're always able to be popping your popping your abilities mixing in with with the gunplay and some melee attacks the melee was you know you can leave that where it is i think it was hard to hard to land a good melee hit but it felt like you could see like people can fly like they've done done a lot of work with like gears of war over the years and stuff and you can see that influence in this oh, game boy. 1 million percent like it's a cover shooter uh, you know, there's no jump button. It's, you know, get into cover. You can sort of vault cover and climb up and down things, but it's very much peek and shoot, pop an ability, run in, peek and shoot, like you do with the Gears of War. So it's like we were talking about it. And I think we sort of probably nailed it really well and um, it'll weave into our, our tweet of the week in a sec too as we can keep talking. But um, I liked it. The combat, the combat was pretty tight. It was very gory, very visceral. There was blood and, you know, head explosions and bodies going everywhere. Mm. And, and yeah, it was a very gritty and uh, very blood-drenched run-through. It was, what, three hours, I'd say, maybe, the demo? About three hours? Yeah, I'd say that was pretty fair. There's a few little side quests that are in there as well. I only just recently, um, I played it again this morning and discovered that I missed a side quest. So once you get through the story... Um, yeah, the story itself would probably only be like yeah, a few hours and then a few additional side quests on the side um, with a le- level cap of seven um, 
which I that's just for the demo though too that's obviously you can go much further in the game (laughs) and then they also have a um world tier um leveling system as well um and i think for the demo at the current stage is just world tier five so yeah and then that goes i think goes to 15 i think the world tier yeah it went for quite a bit like that like for what will be the final game which is kind of cool because you can pick your world tier that you want to existing on exist in on enoch and what that means is that the enemies you play would have an increased level buff Mm -hmm. to where you are. So say you're a level 10, if you're playing world tier 15, I think it's like plus 15. So they'd be like level 25, but then you kill them and you get higher, higher um, gear drops and stuff like that, because it is a, it is sort of a loot shooter. Like you're, you're constantly upgrading your, your, your armor, your guns, your, your helmets and stuff like that. So you can start customizing how you look and the synergies between your, your armor sets and your abilities and your guns. So there's some there's some grindy elements there that, that are going to get people a little bit excited for it. But um, maybe we'll jump onto this and then talk comparisons. Tweet of the week. And this little tweet comes by a, a small a smaller internet personality you might have heard of once or twice called uh, At Game Over Greggy. So we're talking about Greg Miller and he dropped this tweet yesterday and he says, uh, personally attacked by the division arm, but I signed up to this subreddit all the same. So it's a graphic uh, duplicating the the predator, what would you say? Predator handshake slash flex slash. Yeah, it's the, the token kind of like two hands like together in a clasp while showing the, the bicep flex kind of thing that is very, um, you know, like infamous with the um, Predator. But um, yeah. this one they've decided Carl to... Weathers and Arnie. Yeah, throw an extra two arms in there. So we've got four and they've kind of like joined at the middle where they have, a, uh, you know, the, the common ground being outri- um, outriders. <laughs> and then each arm is a representation of pe- people from the gaming space and how they all have accepted Outriders. So, yeah. <laughs> so one arm is uh, people who are sick of Destiny. So they're, they've jumped on there and uh, <laughs> Anthem Refugees, which we'll obviously go into a little bit more detail today. <laughs> uh, Warframe players um, trying to kick the habit. And yeah, uh, fair. fair. And then the last one, which Greg also uh, kind of alluded to, which is that guy still playing the division for some reason. So <laughs> <laughs> they're all kind of like linked up as a as as a finding outriders as a good uh, alternative or an outlet for themselves. So yeah, like I I enjoyed it. Like like it is very much Gears of War meets the division mm. mixed in some post apocalyptic Mad Maxy vibes or even that that sort of franchise rage i guess has a similar sort of world environment so it's it's a mixture of games we're all pretty familiar with like um yeah the more i played it and and sort of then chatting with you as well like i don't get a huge huge destiny vibe even no. like obviously the the camera angle's different you're going from first to third person the gunplay is nowhere near as tight no not at all i like the gunplay isn't bad like i i actually didn't mind it too much it's different from what i commonly experience with the kind of fast-paced gunplay with like destiny and even apex um but like yeah with the destiny connection i think a lot of people saw these characters in like space style armor 
with these what you know appeared to be you know magical or like abilities and people just went oh destiny and i was the same i'm like this kind of looks like destiny but um Mm. after playing it like gameplay wise nothing like destiny like you have an ability and you can you know use it but that's about the only connection it doesn't play anything like destiny yeah, it's it's certainly the baby of Gears of War and the Division. Oh yeah, and uh, you know that's that's not a bad thing. Like it was fun to play, and it's certainly fun playing with squad mates and friends. Uh, like you were sort of saying, even when we just like had, I guess you could say the main boss battle mm. of the demo, and you were saying how much of a challenge it was when you soloed through that. But then when it was the two of our outriders rolling together, we stomped that guy in, oh, in very short order. Crushed him. Absolutely melted. The um the co-op experience, especially with us both having different classes, was actually quite enjoyable. It was nice seeing, like as you kind of mentioned earlier, just seeing how well they work together um, with, you know, my my one of freezing time and then you being able to, like, manipulate the earth What is what it looked like. It looked like you were kind of like... Like creating like earthquakes and whatnot. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Seismic abilities, the big devastator. He was more of like a you were sort of playing like a rogue, you could say, and yeah. I was more of a tank as yeah, far as exactly. the standard archetypes. Yeah. So it was it was actually quite fun with, you know, obviously connection issues that we experienced, a lot of booting uh-huh. out, a lot of getting frozen to the ground, um, which I experienced. It was quite funny, but uh a little frustrating as well. So um, but yeah, the, the, I can see the multiplayer experience um, online being quite enjoyable. I don't see any mention of like a PvP element. Yeah, I'm wondering if like that's something they'll look to bring out because that could be cool having like four v four squad Possibly. battles with with various outriders. I think that could be a good good way to do it. Like they're they're talking about this. It's not a it's not a live service title uh, outriders, so it's going to be like a singular. You can play and finish this game like you're going to get a full bow on the story. It's mm-hmm. not going to be an ongoing type of thing. But uh, I like the world. The hub was cool. Like the hub world where you like all the NPCs like we were talking about yesterday, all of them sort of had voice uh, lines attached to them and they all had some kind of story or some little loop that they were trying to trying to convey. So I yeah. liked that it was a living, breathing uh, world that you're walking around in and you meet some some interesting characters. I thought the the tone was a little up Weird. and down. Yeah, it wasn't consistent. Nah, like when you first meet your outrider and your, and your crew, you seem like you're a you know you know just a very straight up and down military type, very respectful type of person. Then you come out of cryo and then you're like wisecracking and shooting dudes for no reason and whatever else. Like so, the tone was very disjointed. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm keen to play some more. Like it comes out. April the 1st, uh, obviously on on um, PC, Xbox, PlayStation. And, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to play some more uh, just to sort of see what the, the fully realized version of the game is because yeah. it, it certainly scratched a little bit of an itch playing that demo. I, I enjoyed my, my couple of hours there. Yeah, like I'm kind of on the fence about it. I didn't necessarily um, find it overwhelmingly enjoyable. Like I didn't see myself being 100% sold on the game. Um there were like little elements that I appreciated. I did like the universe. I liked this how the story was going. Um, but yeah, like we said, the, the tone of your character was inconsistent. Um, for my experience, I've had a lot of bugs and a lot of connection issues and a lot of like things that kind of went awry. So that obviously wasn't a positive experience, but hopefully, you know, you would expect it to be cleared out by the time the full game releases. So yeah, yeah I'm kind Touch of on wood. the fence. 
Yeah, we'll see. Like we've got a couple of months and it's it's sort of a little bit of a barren release slate over the next few months. So maybe maybe this game might find a little bit of a bit of a home in a lot of people's collections mm. uh, in in the next uh what, 5 weeks time when it drops. So it certainly it certainly made it, it held my interest. Like uh I didn't play the demo walking away they go, "No, I'm done." Like I don't want I don't want to play this at launch. I'm like, "Yeah, okay. I could I could see myself having a bit of fun with this and uh, I, I'd just be curious to know how long the experience is. Yes. Like how long the story is. Uh, like if you can get 20, 25 hours out of it, I think that's I think that's a, a worthwhile investment and doing that with with your friends in that squad style. Um, yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen. Yeah. I'll uh, keep keep my eyes and eyes and ears open on that one. Uh, another another little ditty that I. Uh, had a crack at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I installed a game we talked about last week on uh, THG. I went and picked up a copy of Valheim on Steam, uh, done by Iron Gate AB, the little indie darling survival set in uh, you know the world of Norse mythology and Vikings land and what have you. Uh, Benny and I were rolling around on Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night we were playing, and uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Like you, you can see that it is still like. Uh, early access uh the graphics are by no means a powerhouse but when the install itself is like 1.5 gigs which is insane it's a tiny install for such a big world but um yeah you you make your own little viking uh male or female customize their look and then you pretty much get get teleported to this land and and then it's just you surviving against the elements like it's it's like a you know anyone that's played Minecraft or similar like with the survival aspect of rust and stuff like that you're in there uh, you you feel the cold you feel the heat everything wants to kill you uh, you start with nothing you've got to you know start from stone and twigs to then build an axe to cut bigger trees to build houses and you know you know you know the yeah, loop the standard and um it's it's pretty fun like i died a lot was the thing that um well it didn't take me by surprise but it was a bit frustrating because it doesn't really tell you where to go like it drops you in and you've got sued in one of like o- one of the two ravens that you know um, hang out with odin as sort of like your, your gatekeeper and your, your confidant and he's randomly popping up telling you to do things or talking about things you might have just done and so it just drops you in and you're just running around in this world in your little loincloth and just start building out from there. And yeah, enemies can mess you up really quick. Uh, you don't have a huge amount of health to start with. You, you can't do a huge amount of damage. Like you're leveling up all these skills as you go. So your athletics, your building, uh, your, your melee combat, your bow and arrow skills, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the more you do it, the better it's going to get for you and the stronger it'll become. But holy moly, um, it's a big fun world, that's for sure. But there was just like these these sort of timers that were attached to a lot of enemy spawns, which were a bit frustrating. It felt oh. like no matter where you went on the map, uh, whether uh, the, the weather changed or... I don't know if it was just a weird coincidence, but when you're chopping down trees, I don't know if certain like creatures in the forest get triggered or spawned because you're destroying their habitat or something, but we'd be like trying to farm wood to build something and then all of a sudden like a half a dozen enemies come at you and it's like you got to run or you got to hope that you can survive because it doesn't take too many shots for them to down you so it was very much you know chop 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 chop, grab the wood run (laughs) and like for the most part as well i've found they don't stop chasing you the enemies like they'd be on like a, a spawn counter so almost they'd chase you and then maybe after a few minutes they'd just reset and disappear 
or they'd just keep chasing you until you either kill them or they kill you. So it was intense because you're running around all over the map. You can't put map, map markers down outside of like where your bed is or where you die. So mm-hmm. you need to remember where the hell you've been. So it was a bit daunting in that that aspect. But by the end of our session on Thursday night, Benny and I, we had a base built. Uh, we managed to like spike wall off this whole thing so no random spawn enemies were coming in we could then just go about our business start leveling up stuff start building things and cooking things and sleeping and whatever else so we've got like a fully closed encampment now which feels nice Mm -hmm. but getting to that that level was like five hours just to get to that but like so we've barely scratched the surface on what happens next because there's, you know, dungeons, there's high-level boss enemies that you can kill, you can start um, mining elements so then you can build like, you know, like put like chainmail on and sort of have nice nice armor and clothing and better weapons because at, at the moment I'm running around with like a wooden club, a dodgy pickaxe and like a piece of... I don't know, fabric that covers my bits. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the scummiest of Vikings at the moment, oh. but getting to where it was was such a journey, such a mission. Oh, I'm still like a bit like on the fence because I've seen some gameplay now. Like I did look into it a bit more after my um, comments last week because I'm still very curious about this game. And like I have been sold on the elements of like building because I love anything to do with base building and designing things but having that extra element where you're probably expected to go out and adventure level up and attack enemies like that's not usually my kind of thing so mm, i'm not too sure i'm Mm. not too sure if i'm still gonna like give this one a try or especially because it sounds like it's only better with friends so it's it's certainly like a lot of these games i want to play with friends like if it's just me doing my own thing no 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 thanks like Mm. i'm i'm good so uh, yeah, definitely, if you're going to get it, we've got to just try and sync up schedules so we can jump on and rumble around together as opposed to you just getting thrown into into this strange land and, and trying to hope to survive because yeah. it's, yeah, it's it's intense. But um, yeah, I, I recommend it. Like it's it's 20 US, I think it was 27 or 28 bucks Australian. So the price, like it's it's not a high price, but it's, you know, it's not 10 bucks. But I think with the amount of time you could get out of this game, it's probably well worth the investment. Like if, if you're into that into that sort of survival world build exploration type of game, like a Minecraft, like a Rust, uh, I think you'll take a lot out of it. Mm. Um, I don't know, like jumping into the servers, I don't know if there's a PvP element where you can kill other people rolling around with you at the moment. Like I hit Benny a few times by accident shooting my bow, but he didn't <laughs> die, I don't think. Okay. And I didn't actually confirm if you lost a good chunk of health on it. So need to probably double check that to see if, if there is a way that you can then start almost having like a raiding party and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, I like like what you were saying as well. Like I've gone and, and looked at other people that are a lot more advanced in the game where they've, where they've built their long ship and they're sailing across the ocean and all this kind of crazy stuff <laughs> that you can do. So there's a whole world out there. Uh, that you can you can engage in in Valheim, which which has me excited because I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. But yeah, I just want to play with friends. Yeah, I like I'd have to, you know, organize some time and line it up with you guys so I can actually play with people. Because I'm not gonna like do the thing where I buy the the it game and then I can't like get together with friends. And by the time that you know, time is as 
can be allocated. It's not the it game anymore. No one's playing yeah. it. So, uh, Among Us. <laughs> um, so <laughs> uh, That's not the it game. That's the shit game, if you ask me. Just the experience that you had. I don't have an experience yeah. to base off because I just, like, I bought it, like, last minute and never really lined up time. But according to the kids, uh, that game is old now. So... <laughs> God damn kids. God damn kids. Um but yeah, like I'm with you. Like I played played some more Apex this week. I played some more No Man's Sky. You you played some No Man's Sky too, anything I've you wanted to, to highlight? Grinding on No Man's Sky. Well, I I tried to do the thing where I tried to find my paradise planet. Um and in return I found a planet of pure fire rain. Um so I couldn't stay there. And then the alternative, because I was running out of like fuel. Um, I found a planet where it is just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like pillars of metal and f- like screens of like light. I'll have to take a screenshot. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's send weird. a photo. That sounds, that sounds the, crazy different. It's the weirdest planet and it's got these like little robots. Like there's no animals. There's no flora, no fauna. There's nothing. It's just all this like what looks like space wow. junk, but it's all like lights. So, that's you've ended cool. up on bloody Daft Punk planet or yes. something. That's why yes. they split up. They've gone to space. Yes, it's like cyberpunk, Daft Punk kind of like weird futuristic planet that just has no plants at all. So, um, yeah, I'll have that's to kind of cool though. I like the sounds of that. Like- yeah. Well, resource wise, it's got some pretty good resources on it, where it's like gold and copper and metal, but um, all the other important stuff is not really there. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but it's that's like what we were just talking about with Valheim. I enjoy playing No Man's Sky, but I enjoy it more, I think, if I'd be playing with friends. Like, I think No Man's Sky hits that scratch for me on the same level that Minecraft does, where it gets away with me being able to be creative enough and have enough different things for me to do that playing alone works for me personally because yep. there's a lot of building and stuff and resource collection and all that sort of stuff so for me it works i can play that one by myself but it is nice to play with friends as well nice yeah we need to i want to get get going more in that because i want to have a cool big base slash house on a cool planet you can, instead I'll, of just my tiny little shack i've got right now <laughs> on my second planet i'll let you visit my daft punk uh, planet hell yeah Hell yeah, sounds good. Uh, something else that probably sounds good for you listeners out there, uh, the 8-Bit Founders Coin is officially in transit from our supplier as we speak. And uh, we leaked we leaked the first uh, official photos of these uh, coins that were designed up by our man, uh, Gavin Skills. So thanks at Skillsy Shooter for, for putting that work in. But uh, yeah, if you wanted to snag one of these, because it is a limited edition, one-off, single-run Founders Coin, never to be repeated, you know, it's it's not like the um the, the 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 rug stores and the knife stores. This isn't the closing down sale, never gonna happen and then it goes forever. This is this is it. We're never gonna get these recasts, reprinted. So so this batch we've got coming is it. So uh if you wanted to get in on that, head over to Kofi.com forward slash we are eight bit. And uh yeah, these coins cost you twenty bucks and that includes delivery to anywhere on planet Earth. So whether you're in Australia, whether you're in the US whether you're in Africa, whether you're in Asia, wherever it is, we don't care. 20 bucks is going to get you that coin in your hands uh, guaranteed. So, uh, yeah, get a piece of 8-bit uh, memorabilia that is, uh, yeah, going to never exist outside of this batch run. So it's a nice, exclusive, illustrious coin 
want to do something different, you know? Yeah. Like everyone does merch, but this is this is something that's a bit of bit different and i think it's got a nice level of prestige to it yeah i mean ape it's been around for quite some years now so um something like this especially a good chunk of you out there who have been there from the start essentially this is a way of owning like a little bit of 8-bit history so exactly exactly so yeah very very small limited run so yeah if you want in on it uh yeah twenty dollars through our kofi obviously from there also you can get amongst our star wars themed family portrait for this year Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to be releasing the first wave of completed designs on that one you can have a look at by our friend over at exu on the socials so uh yeah they're, they're looking really cool uh some very unique designs and some unique character requests coming through so far but uh, you can get in on that, and if you can't, uh, you know, can't afford it to to support or fund us monetarily, just you know, rate, review, subscribe us on those podcast players of choice, uh, iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is, you know, just just share share what not only the Hungry Games are doing, but Eight Bits doing in general. Uh, you know, that's going to really help us extend our reach and help keep those emotional lights on in our hearts. But uh, speaking of hearts, Miss Hart, mm. shall we jump into some news? Let's do it. This week's news headlines. All right, and the first headline reads, BioWare wanted to let you all know that Tony Stark is officially dead. Very broad stroke, very uh, connecting of the dots here. Read between, obviously, Iron Man, and we're talking naturally Anthem. And uh, this article, or this uh, bit of documentation reads, after a year of internal overhaul on Anthem, EA and BioWare have decided to stop development on the 2019 action RPG and move on to other projects. An announcement was penned by executive producer Christian Daly, and it reads as follows. 2020 was a year unlike any other, and while we continue to make progress against all our games projects at Bioware, working from home during the pandemic has had an impact on our productivity, and not everything we had planned as a studio before COVID-19 can be accomplished without putting undue stress on our teams, he wrote. I know this will be disappointing to the community of and uh, the, to the community of Anthem players who have been excited to see the improvements we've been working on. It's also disappointing for the team we were, who are doing the brilliant work. And for me personally, Anthem is what brought me to Bioware, and the last two years have been some of the most challenging and rewarding experiences of my career. Game development is hard. Decisions like these are not easy. Moving forward, we need to laser focus our efforts as a studio and strengthen the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect titles while continuing to provide quality updates to Star Wars The Old Republic. We've believed in Anthem every step of the way. We've invested in this game for close to a decade and we're proud of the work the team has done. Starting with the game's launch two years ago, the team at Bioware has listened to player feedback and brought updates and improvements to the game. However, 2020 and 2021 are unprecedented years when it comes to game development, so we must prioritize both the player experience and what's best for the player uh, for the people working on these games. We want to make sure BioWare is able to focus on making the Dragon Age and Mass Effect games the best they can be. That's ultimately the best way we can be in service to our players, focusing on these fan favorites and delivering on the community's expectations. Anthem was a creative risk and its challenges have taught us a lot about game design and even how we can improve our development process. This not only benefits developers, but players as well. Damn. So sad news. Like um, we've been optimistic over the last couple of years with this game, mm-hmm. hoping that it could have a destiny type resurgence, uh, you know, be reborn and get the game that we were sort of promised during those uh those closed betas and stuff that we played and thought, oh, yeah, this has got some potential, you know, this is interesting, flying around as Iron Man and 
shooting stuff in space and aliens and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then obviously it's not meant to be. Um, like I respect everyone at EA and Bioware for, I guess, putting their hand up and saying, this isn't what we hoped it was going to be. We're just going to cut our losses and, and plant the flag yeah. instead of trying to drag this out for more and more years, waste more and more money, more and more time. So it's bittersweet, but I like that they're just, uh, yeah, stepping forward and saying, that's it, we're moving on, we're focusing on Dragon Age, focusing on Mass Effects, but focusing on Star Wars. We're just going to sort of, yeah, laser focus, uh, as Christian Daly said there, on these on these uh, IPs and make sure it's done the right way. But it is sad because this game um, you know, had a lot of hype, a lot of hype behind it. And uh, this, this rebuild was uh, going to be something potentially pretty special. And uh, sadly... Not the case. Yeah. Unfortunately, me personally, especially after the beta, I, I didn't actually have a good experience with Anthem and kind of said, yeah, this game isn't <laughs> That's right. fun. Um, I got really bored with it and said I would not be playing it when it came out. And then it came out and everyone played it for a bit. And then, yeah, it died in the ass, essentially, uh, due to people saying it got boring, repetitive, there was a lot of bugs and issues, and then this whole wave of, you know, Anthem next, and that they were going to fix it. Um, yeah, and I was very curious, like, don't get me wrong, like, I wasn't, like, you know, dancing on their ashes. I really hoped that they would find what would work and what needed fixing so then all those people that actually dedicated their time to anthem and supported them and propped them up and have been continuing on this journey of following them and the progress of them fixing up the game like all those dedicated fan base unfortunately yeah i didn't know how they were going to fix this i don't know how you were going to make what i experienced any better um, I don't know if that's yeah. what other players kind of found. I found it a bit boring. I found it very grindy. I found it, yeah, like it just, I knew it wasn't for me. Um, so I did, wasn't too sure how they were going to change it. I was actually looking forward to seeing how they were going to reinvent it. But overall, cutting their losses, it's a big, big, big thing to do. I don't, it's especially for <laughs> a group to kind of say, look, we tried. We really tried. We understand yeah. this game is one of those kind of pillars of not laughing stock in the gaming industry, but definitely one of the pillars of this was not a good release. This is one of those dud releases. But I guess we were kind of expecting a No Man's Sky kind of experience where, you know. Yeah, a bit the, of a resurgence, yeah, you know. You know, we were kind of. I would have liked to have seen that. Like, I definitely don't want to see a studio fail. I don't want to see a game fail. Um, but it just seems like that this was the best option, sadly. Yeah, like, and um, it's it's just crazy how a studio as big and successful over such a strong period of years in Bioware has had a couple of back-to-back -back missteps. Obviously, with Andromeda, the oh, yeah. sort of the fourth entry to the Mass Effect series releasing the way it did and all the uh the negative blowback it copped on that with how broken it was at times and then anthem which was you know touted as the next big thing from bioware next destiny killer yeah destiny killer we've heard that on a few games now mm -hmm. uh, you know but destiny uh cannot be killed it cannot be killed it is uh you know it is up there as far as god tier on those uh games of service loot shooters it is it is the king king of the castle mm -hmm. but um yeah it's it's interesting because I think Bioware are in a little bit of a 
a weird place now because obviously we, we know Dragon Age is the, the next one coming out or if we don't include the, the re-release and, and the, the new versions of the original Mass Effect trilogy, yeah. the next Dragon Age is, is the, the new entry and then we're going to see a Mass Effect 4 or whatever you want to call the other title they're working on there. So um, I'm curious to see if they can return to form because they are one of the 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 bigger and better studios out there uh, from I guess a long term track record, yeah. but more recently it's been a been a bit of a spotty spotty uh, you know release for several of their games, and um, yeah, hopefully they can return to form because uh, yeah, they they write some fantastic fantasy and science fiction narratives, and yeah, just bring that shit back, mm. please, yeah. please, 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 Bioware. Uh, but in some more positive-related Bioware news, we may or may not be getting uh, everyone's favourite uh, giant, big, busty English nerd, Henry Cavill, uh, <laughs> potentially making his way to the big or the small screen. Not confirmed if this could uh, be a film or maybe like a Netflix release or something like that. Uh, but he was uh, getting a bit cheeky on Instagram and uh, he posted a photo of himself with the words, Secret Project. And uh, there was a handful of paper with random words on it hashtag hump day, hashtag secrets. But uh, due to the internet and uh, people with their technology, uh, Game Pressure was able to use a program called Focus Magic to remove the blur around this script or this uh, handful of paper that uh, Henry was holding. And the clearer image uh, revealed such words as Cerberus, Talizora, and Geth. Furthermore, it appears that the text Cavill has shown us comes directly from Mass Effect 3's Wikipedia page. The possible Mass Effect movie has been in the works as far back as the late 2000s. Uh, in 2010, Legendary Pictures acquired the rights to the franchise and were set to feature the producers behind The Dark Knight and Spider-Man, though nothing has progressed since. But uh, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll watch Henry Cavill do anything, to be honest. So uh, I mean, we watched him build a computer, didn't we? We were all happy. We were yeah. all satisfied with that. So, um, yeah, like I, like I said, I never really played a mass effect i don't have much of an idea of mass effect but hey maybe henry cavill is gonna get me into mass effect um yeah I, like i could see him as commander <laughs> shepherd i i wouldn't know but yeah sure i agree <laughs> what about is is there like like a like some kind of like buff character or is commander shepherd buff oh he's, he's fit he's fit there's some like bigger characters in stature but commander shepherd's a, a fairly fit fella mm. so yeah, Henry Cavill wouldn't look out of shape, well, out of place, I should say, as, <laughs> I uh, as Commander Shepard. So, yeah, I don't think Henry Cavill could ever be out of shape. He is, he is a big, fit man. Mm. Mm. Looks after himself. And, and I can't wait for The Witcher 2. God bless the internet. season 2. With uh, the game pressure group and, you know, technology and you know, thinking, <laughs> you know, he's like, I blurred it out. It's all good. And then these people are like, no, technology can uh, fix that right up. So people need to be a bit Yeah, smaller. like... Like I make fun a lot of like CSI and even SVU where it's like, hey, can you enhance on that? Yeah. Enhance, enhance, enhance. And it's like it's something that you can't do and then you see stuff like this with uh, focus magic. It's like, man, technology is awesome sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like now like when um, certain social groups or social media managers or whatever like trying to do the same thing where it's like a secret announcement and they like put like a black square over it or whatever to hide it. Now there's like technology to completely like remove it or reverse it or whatever so you can see what's underneath it like wow like just don't just don't post it because people hack a man yeah that's away. it like if you don't want it to be known don't talk about it yeah. i think is the thing don't put it you out know, there like but 
But people love these ambiguous bloody things. It's Do like, they? oh my God, I got the biggest news today. And, and you know, or can you guess what's happening? It's like, don't be a fuckhead. Just, Just either tell if you us can all. talk about it, talk about it. If you can't, don't until you can. Yeah. So create like a speculation shitstorm because that's when like yes. a lot of the morons come out. Ugh. I'm here for the facts and the truths. I don't want your bloody grey area and nonsense. I don't have time <laughs> to sit there and get my conspiracy theory hat on and work out what you're talking about. Mm. But uh, luckily, yeah, game pressure using focus magic putting in the work for us. So uh, shout out to them. But I'm down. I'm down. Like obviously they're trying to uh, get get Mass Effect and that Bioware name back into the positive. And, uh, you know, Mass Effect... On a streaming service with Henry Cavill leading the charge, I'd love to watch a a, a great science fiction show like um like I've talked a lot about um The Expanse on Amazon, which I think's just about the best science fiction television show I've ever seen, hmm. and it's great. And it's uh confirmed it's got one more season and it's wrapping up, so there's going to be a bit of a hole for some more mature science fiction to to make our way onto the small screen. So Mass Effect. Get picked up by Amazon. Replace, uh, replace the Expanse after season six at the end of this year, and you're good to go. We'll have to see. We will, we will, and uh, I guess continuing the space theme uh, in the Fortnite oh. battle bus, everyone can hear you scream. <laughs> the Alien franchise has indeed invaded Fortnite, as both Ripley and the Xenomorph are now available for purchase. Announced by the Fortnite team this week, Ripley arrives with her Nostromo crew outfit variant and the Whale and Yutani cat carrier, which comes complete with Jonesy the cat. The Xenomorph comes equipped with not only the Xenomorph tail back bling, but also the Xeno Menace built-in emote. The Space Gear bundle is another purchasable addition from the Alien universe and includes the P500 power loader arm pickaxe, the Cheyenne dropship glider, and a new emote that's, in quotes, bursting on the scene. What's going like, on? Like, this is a franchise that you and I adore. <laughs> and, like, it's cool. Like, if I was a Fortnite player, I'd, I'd be buying these types of skins. No, because have I'd love you to seen play. it? Have you seen the Xenomorph d- fucking floss? <laughs> It's so I have. It's very strange. It's very strange so watching stupid. watching a Xenomorph floss and dab and all this stuff. It's scarier than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's scarier than the the humanoid baby that uh, Clone Ripley hey, gives birth I to like, in uh, Resurrection. I love Resurrection. I will continue to say that I like that movie. <laughs> a lot of great yes. actors in it. Anyway, this really is, great actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, however, scares the crap out of me. It's just, like, I don't know. Like, like I know I'm selling, like, an old, bitter person, but, like, what is not secret? Last week it was, uh, what, Street Fighter? Was that last Street week? Street Fighter. And then before that it was, you know, the Marvel assortment. We had, uh, obviously, the Mandalorian there. Some DC stuff as well. Yeah, like, like it's just epic flexing their, their, their reach, really. Like, it, it feels like, to me, they're just sitting around a boardroom going... What what franchise should we bring a bring a character skin into now? And they can just call whoever and be like, "Yo, can we get this character X and put him in Fortnite? How much money would that cost?" And they throw a number and they go, "Yeah, no worries. Here's, here's your cash." And then the next thing they're in the game, like like considering how much, um, like first of all, what franchises they've grabbed from. Second of all, like how much I could only imagine like a character's likeness in a different like putting it into the Fortnite series, how much that would cost, and now how regularly they're doing it. How yeah. much money does Epic make off this damn game? It's scary. Too much money. That's that's the confirmation. Too much money. Too much. And um, 
Like, yeah, it's it's bonkers. Like, it is bonkers. Like, I don't know where they're going to go next because they're, they're just chucking that amount of new skin and, and franchise into this. And uh, one thing I did like, though, about the trailer is... I don't know what they call the standard blonde-haired Fortnite guy. Like, I don't know if he's got a name. The the main, I guess, original Fortnite character skin guy with the blonde hair. I don't know. He was dressed up and looking like um like Drake from Aliens, which which I kind of liked. I'm like, okay, I like that. There's a little bit of a thread there that there's sort of there's some you know there's some acknowledgement of other characters, but it's just getting out of hand, man. It's just ridiculous. Like, remember all those weeks ago? I can't remember which skin we were announcing on this show and how odd it was to us um but then we kind of tried to speculate like what 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 else would they do like what else would what do you honestly believe that me and you could have come up with oh they're gonna definitely do the alien franchise you know like could it, yeah we and predator have, predator was out the other week yeah, too. remember like, so you know like we couldn't you just can't guess it anymore they're just taking from everything and as far as i'm aware they're not like trying to cross advertise anything like it's just straight up let's put this in the game let's put this in the game like it's wild yeah, like it just shows how much power and money Epic has. Mm. I think that's all this confirms. Yeah. Like, you know, Kratos, Master Chief, bloody people from Alien, people from Predator, X-Men, Marvel, DC, John Wick. Like they're just cherry picking the the big characters or whoever's hot at the moment and just dumping them into this game like at will. Like they don't care. Nope. Whatever it costs, they're like, Blank check, baby. You know, what's it going to take to get a hold of these of these likenesses and chuck it into this silly game that's still just, uh, you know, doing doing big things. Yeah. Big things. Terrifying. Yeah. And the um the last, uh, or not the last, the, the sort of penultimate uh, round of news we'll be covering off here, uh, we've just sort of chucked it all under as all the Sony news from this week. Obviously, uh, we had not only a state of play, but we also had a, a standalone announcement. Um, the first one, I'll, I'll tackle this first bit, and then uh, Miss Hart, if you want to jump in and and run through some of the other, because to be completely honest, I haven't watched the entire state of play, so uh, I'm uh, I'm sort of going to be a bit of a keen listener sure. as well as to what's going on. So uh, yeah, Sony has confirmed that the PSVR two will come to PlayStation Five, but just not in 2021. It will connect to PlayStation 5 via a single cord to simplify setup and improve ease of use. Fantastic news, great news. No longer the hub with multiple HDMIs and all the other bloody rigmarole. Uh, And it's going to enable a high-fidelity visual experience. It's described as a next-gen VR system that enhances everything from resolution and field of view to tracking and input. The headset will also come alongside the introduction of a new PSVR controller, seemingly replacing the PS Move 1s. Uh, which will also incorporate some of the key features found in the DualSense wireless controller, along with a focus on great ergonomics. So I'm excited for this. There was no, there was no demo. There was no photos. There was no mock-ups <laughs> of the model or anything. It was just here's here's an announcement. We are totally Get doing keen. this. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. Is- and like, I think everyone was like, "Of course you're doing it." No, duh. Like. VR is becoming more and more common. Well, were we though? Because I feel like with VR, where it's always such a tricky, tricky, tricky space. Like we see um, the two competitors that are usually was it Oculus and Oculus and Vive, but, uh, um, but and 
Valve's one, right? Vive, yeah. HTC Vive. Oh, yeah. HTC Vive. Oh, well, um, either way, there's the two PC ones, and then all you have really based on console was the PlayStation version. Um, so it's always been a weird ground. Like, VR is still such a weird kind of, like, yeah, un- not unstable, but it's just a weird space at the moment. So to hear that PlayStation is going to come out with a PlayStation VR 2 makes me happy because I still believe that VR has a place and it needs to be worked on and it just needs to be like hearing that there's not the one cable no cable one cable cable. which is awesome yeah it's better than because (laughs) yeah the og psvr like it's a great bit of kit and it was priced as an entry-level piece but like with that comes the i guess the the lack of cost thrown into r&d to make it as cleaner user experience as possible because there's shit hanging off you every which yeah, way it, with this with this headset and it's heavy and then all the cables sort of limit your movement and everything else so exactly. it's cool that they're simplifying that process yeah exactly um, i'm interested to see what the replacement for the move ones are like if it's going to be a single controller um, which makes no sense to me so i'm assuming it's going to still be like a dual handset thing so you can get the full true movement for both of your hands or both your appendages in the game yeah but it's cool. It's good to see they're still focused. Yeah, exactly. That's the main thing I took away from it is I'm happy that they're still working on VR. They still want to improve it. They want to make it better. So um, just, you know, improving on the VR space to me is just positive news. Yeah. 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 What else? We, so we had a state of play mm-hmm. Thursday or Friday morning me, Thursday evening you. Yeah, <laughs> so around that time. Yeah. Yep. Um, Sounds about right. I didn't get to watch it live. Um uh, for the good chunk of it, all I saw was people posting Final Fantasy stuff. But I'll go through everything that kind of did happen within the event. Um, it started off with Crash 4, um, which is apparently offering 4K, 60 frames per second gameplay, 3D audio, which, I you know, sounds pretty impressive. But is 3D audio uh, only impressive if you use a headset or is 3D audio impressive when you're on a TV? It can be done on a TV, but you're not going to get the full experience. Like um, headsets, the best way to get to go to get that 3D audio because it's going to you know pan left, right. It's going to come at you from the front exactly. and back and, and throw thought. it around your around your head the way it's meant to be. Mm. But they're also obviously boasting faster loading times, the reactive triggers on the PlayStation Five, um, DualSense controller as well. So that was that what they started off the show with. Um, we had another look at Returnal, which is. Um, that game where it's kind of it feels to me like a space dark souls where if you die the stage reloads it's a new like map it's a new monster so you kind of like every time you die you kind of got to re-enter yeah it's it's got that um that roguelike sort of situation going on where mm. yeah it's it's just procedurally generated each time you you end up dying and it looks interesting though like it's, it's it's like that's a genre I don't usually play too much of, but mm. it looked cool and the fact it is a space setting had me intrigued. Yeah, and they also added this element where it talks about your the character that you're playing and also revisiting parts of her life and it actually shows a scene where she sees a house that she's familiar with and then she walks in and then you kind of see this like hallway and a staircase and it a lot of people mentioned that there's actually quite a PT influence into this game as well. So yeah. be very curious to see how that connects. Personally, I'm not really too interested in Returnal, but I can see where there might be a niche fan base for it. Um, we mm-hmm. got to see more on Knockout City, which is like a team-based dodgeball game. 
<laughs> so great, but so dumb. Yeah. Like, I do want to play it, though. That's the funny thing. Do you? Like, I can yeah. see me playing it for maybe, like, 30 minutes and being like, okay, I get it. Um, they kind of, like, deep-dived into it a bit on how you play it, how the team element works. There's different modes that you can play and different characters that you can play. But for the most part, for me, Knockout City doesn't look like the kind of game that I would really get into. Yeah. Yeah. Probably in the same vein as that was the Demolition All Stars. Yeah. Oh, Destruction All Stars. Yeah. Destruction All Stars. Um, I don't know how to say this one properly. It's like Sifu. S I F U. Yeah, that's how I, I pronounce it. Yeah, Sifu. Yeah, it looks like a it's a martial arts game from um, Azolva. And it actually looks really cool. Like, I like the style. I like the gameplay. It uh, For me, it didn't dive too much into it. But like, it's, like I said, martial arts kind of game. So definitely look into that as well. Um, we got to look into Solar Ash by um, Anapuma. Did I say Annapurna? Yeah. Um, uh, the same studio that does Hyperlife Drifter. This game looks really pretty. It looks kind of like 3D platformer, kind of big open world. So I've never actually played Hyperlife Drifter. Hyperlife Drifter. A lot of people recommend it to me. So I don't know if I should probably jump into Hyperlife first and then maybe then move on to Solar Ash, but Either way, it should be still coming out for 2021. So nice. keep your eyes out for that one. Uh, we also got to look at Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, which will be on PS4 and PS5. This looks weird. It doesn't look like your standard Five Nights at Freddy game where you're kind of stuck in a room looking at interfaces, essentially. Like it looks like there's actually a lot of running around, like you're actually moving around a large space, whether it's because it, it has a look of not just a standard kind of like pizza parlor it looks like a big like arcade i don't know what to reference it in australia but it's like like a big time zone yeah like i guess a big time zone i guess so yeah it looks interesting um but i mean i'm not really majorly into five nights so um yeah me either yeah. i'm curious to know if like that departure from just being stuck in in your security booth yeah. really and and going to this more open worldy off rails type of thing is going to be a good thing or a bad thing for the franchise yeah i think like the i'm not sure if it's actually the previous one because five nights at freddy's constantly releases a lot of major games in line with the story and then there's also like little side games i do remember that there actually was one where you kind of crawled through spaces a bit i do actually remember there was that kind of style one okay but um this this just still looks completely different from all of them so i guess we'll have to see if it's um it's what the fan base really wanted. Um, we also got to look at Old World Soulstorm, uh, which is set to launch on 6th of April, which is exciting. It's actually going to be on PS5 and part of PlayStation Plus. Um, nice. Abe's Odyssey fans. Um, it looks great. It looks it looks like exactly how you remember um, Odd World, Abe's Odyssey. Uh, but they've got this like weird like like 3D element to stages now um and it just it looked really cool in the trailer like i'm a big fan it also looks like they've added different elements as well like things that you're familiar with with like you know trying to save the modokans that are like servants or slaves or whatever to the industry but then you also now have crafting and pickpocketing which looked really funny so mm. um i like what they've done with it to kind of make it similar but also freshen it up so that it looks really good looks i'm, really I'm keen as beans for this and the fact that it's included in, in your playstation plus membership for april mm -hmm. is going to be pretty cool like it's going to get a, a lot of eyes and 
and hands on the product straight away. So hopefully it'll lead to more Oddworld-based games because they were fun. They were, they were fun. very ahead of their time back in the day on the PlayStation as far as those puzzle mechanics and group mechanics. It was like, also graphically. It was like the next evolution of Lemmings for me. Yeah, exactly exactly right. And it has that same vibe. So it's it's nice to see that it's come back and it's looking good. I just really, like you said, like I really hope that it gets success so we get to see more in the future. Um, yeah. We also got to see uh, a more extended look at um, my most anticipated game of this year, which is uh, Kina Bridge of Spirits. Um, it's still it looks so good, Miss Hart. It looks so good, so pretty. It looks so beautiful. Um, it's still set to launch on the twenty fourth of August. Um, I'm a bit nervous because by looking at this trailer a little bit more, you see these adorable little, um, like, like black shadow sprightly figures that seem to follow you around and you can also instruct them to do your bidding in attacking. So now I'm really scared that it's following Pikmin rules in which they might die. There's a chance. I think I think they I think they're gonna get sacrificed for the greater good then little sprites. I really hope not because that may decide whether I continue playing because they're just so damn cute and it will destroy me if any of them die <laughs> under my care. So Oh, but it looks beautiful. The trailer, although I don't know if anyone else experienced it or if it was just the version of the PlayStation Direct that I like watched. Um, but the audio levels were really weird, where the music was louder than the sound. So that was a bit of a turn off. But at least visually, the trailer looks stunning. It looks gorgeous, and I'm with you. It looks like one of the potential hits of the year. Yeah, it looks so great. And uh, there's so much charm to this game, and, and I can't wait to to give it a crack in August. Yeah, uh, like it just looks beautiful, and it's like to some of the scenes that they showed, like it just looks extremely detailed. It looks like you're gonna be playing like like what could be only considered what like it's like Studio Ghibli meets Pixar, like, and you're gonna just be yeah. amongst this world. It looks beautiful. We also got uh, more of Deathloop. Um, they showed a little bit more and it was actually really cool how they did this trailer where they really uh leaned on a bond kind of style where there was this really cool song that was playing the entire time you kind of obviously went back to how you're constantly in a loop you're out to kill these people while you yourself are being hunted as well but um the trailer was really cool the song was really cool i actually really really liked the song um so i mean we're waiting for this one. Deathloop has definitely been a game that a lot of us have been waiting for and really excited for. Yeah. Um, style Don't have to wait too long. Twenty first of May. Twenty first of May, and then we're uh, killing rival assassins. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, like I mentioned, the show actually closed with Final Fantasy VII remake. They've added. How do you say a name? Yuffie. 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 Is it Yuffie? I I got like I got no skin in this game. Like I woke up to the. <laughs> Like, all right, I didn't wake up, but I, like throughout Friday and everyone's like, I can't believe she's back. She's the best and whatever. And, and because I'm not a Final Fantasy guy, I'm just like, I don't know who this is. I have no attachment to this character. Mm-hmm. It's great to see that the internet is happy she's making her way to Final Fantasy VII Remake. But like, <laughs> I still haven't been able to to play Final I've got a copy of it, but I'm just waiting for my PlayStation to come back from Tag Mod so I can actually give it a crack. I mean, if you can wait till the 10th of June... 
then you will actually get the PlayStation 5 experience with the better graphics, the faster loading times, and this extra chapter where it is following Yuffie. Apparently, like I this, think I'm going to have to, yeah, you know. Like, I think I might just have to park it till then so I can get the full the full sort of uh, prestige experience. So the, I'm going to wait. The Jono Cyberpunk experience, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm just waiting till yeah. it like, gets a little better. Uh, a little shiny, shiny coat. Um, but yeah, this was definitely the most hyped thing that, probably came out of this uh playstation event so um i'm not a final fantasy fan uh so but a lot of people were super excited um seeing the graphical comparisons was actually pretty interesting at first i thought i didn't see much difference but as they kind of continued on there was like a lot of uh elements like fog like lighting uh there was so you could notice some changes where especially things of like hair where there I would refer to as pixelated edges. It seemed a bit mm-hmm. more polished, a lot more clean cut. So um, I, I, I can see that there might be a benefit to waiting on playing the PlayStation 5, you know, yeah. version, I guess. I'm, I'm going to hold out. And I just quickly Googled so the Final Fantasy purists don't, don't castrate us all. It's, yeah, Yuffie is how you pronounce it. So I think you nailed <laughs> it. Yeah. Yuffie. But um, yeah, there was that, and then there was like two Final Fantasy mobile games that got announced as well. Like, yeah, Final like, Fantasy everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going crazy. Same. Like, there was a Final Fantasy Battle Royale That's that they I announced. Heard. Well, like, I don't know if it got announced afterwards, but essentially, as soon as the credit came up, like that was it. So unless it got announced somewhere else, but um, a lot of people were making fun of the a Battle Royale Final Fantasy, which just makes me laugh that we're still making Battle Royales. Like it was a yeah, Resident like, Evil. Like um, <laughs> yeah, that that one that's coming out on the like in conjunction with um, yeah, with eight's going to be interesting. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's imitation's the highest form of flattery, I guess. Yeah. And uh, because battle royale, like you you look at your cods and and even PUBG are trying to do some re-releases and bringing out new variations and new iterations of of that tried and tested formula yeah uh, people are still hungry for it i'm just i just play apex that's that's my br sadly uh you still haven't been able to play hopefully hopefully no. one day your game I works it, again i think so it had an update recently I'll, I'll test to see if it's letting me back in i got the fingers crossed yeah. because i'm still really enjoying my time mm. on that note really quickly i played a couple of games as bloodhound the other day because someone kept grabbing bloody um, lifeline lifeline every time i try and play i really like bloodhound don't you dare take cool my main <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, i won't <laughs> just because i haven't been there doesn't mean you get to take my main um, that's it no i'll just uh just keep it in warm for you thank you keep it in warm for you <laughs> all right and the uh the last bit of news and this is sort of some really hot off the press yeah. stuff uh this this happened overnight slash this morning while i was sleeping and uh being sad that i didn't get a a pack from NBA Top Shot. And, uh, yeah, we had the Pokemon Presents 2021 uh, on the back of their big anniversary expo and the the tracks that bloody old uh, Post Malone did and all that kind of nonsense. But um, mm. a couple a couple of notable announcements that, uh, that dropped Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl remakes were, were confirmed. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to be released on the Nintendo Switch in late 2021. Uh, and obviously, they are remakes of uh, Nintendo DS's uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl that dropped uh, 15 years ago in mm. 2006. 
Something that's interesting is uh, instead of being developed by Game Freak, these games are being made by ILCA Incorporated, who have worked on Pokemon Home and have supported such titles as Nier Automata and Yakuza 0. However, original Pokemon Diamond and Pearl director Junishi Masuda will be directing these games alongside ILCA's Yuchi Ueda. So, uh, you know, getting getting the originals involved in it as far as the, the director heads to make sure the vision and the direction is met. Mm. Uh, that's cool. You know, we're not surprised. What's old is new, as we always say. I like what they did with this, actually, because um, it's kind of risky bringing back these older Pokemon titles. Like, how do you... Do you rehash it to the level of like graphical detail as the the recent Pokemon games are? But like, I actually really appreciate what they did, where it's this almost like chibi style when you're in the open world. Um, you know, you're these cute little characters, um, but then obviously as um, within the fighting scene, like it's not as like I said as detailed as the recent release, but the character like the Pokemon design is still pretty cool. I actually like how this game looks. I like how they've kind of brought this two thousand and six game into the the current generation and um I it's it's a bit of a very curious um seeing on social media, I actually saw a lot of people saying that Diamond and Pearl were not their favourites. So um I'm not sure if maybe that was just a very slight consensus. I personally haven't played it, but a lot of people um, are still pretty happy to see that that this is one angle that uh, Pokemon, uh, the Pokemon group are going down. Yeah, it's good to see, and I think eventually over time, all like it's just a cycle. It's like a wheel. These types of franchises where they'll they'll release a new one, but then they'll also re-release an old one with a nicer coat of paint and stuff. Hmm. And, People, people are still hungry for it. You know, people are still wanting to catch them all in, in new gen and old gen and old gen that's now new gen and everything else. So um, yeah. it looks cool. And I just had a, like, I, I sort of had to have a quick look at the refresh from the those graphical songs. And I like that, yeah, they've sort of scaled back the detail when you're running around the world. And then in, when you jump into combat, it goes to the sword and shield or Pokemon Go uh, aesthetic that we're used to now on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, the next one's a bit of a big one. Big open world Pokemon Legends Arceus was announced for early 2022. And that's uh, taking place in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl Sino region. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's an open world take on Pokemon. So it's something that uh, everyone has been clamoring for for quite a while. Uh, so yeah, it's going to come out sometime in early 2022. It's uh, going to feature a game world that is reminiscent of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild with Pokemon appearing all over. Players will be creating Sino's first Pokedex and, and features Rowlet, Cyndaquil, and Oshawott as the starter Pokemon. Mm. So, uh, damn. Yeah. Damn, damn, damn. This is something we've been hungry for and a lot of people have been horny for for a good long time. And uh, <laughs> now we got it coming early next year. In open world Pokemon. Uh, like, I actually appreciate that this one's also um, the feudal past. So, it's actually set in the past. Um, yeah. And when they loaded it up and you kind of you know, saw your character, like, well, obviously there was also this little story arc of opening a book and um, kind of, like, setting the scene, but then just seeing your character in this, uh, I won't say costume, but in this attire and this environment of, like, what would be considered, I guess, feudal in the Pokemon region. Um, the only thing that kind of, like, irked me, even though they said that this was open world and obviously maybe they only wanted to limit what they showed us, the the landscape in general seemed a little bit barren. Like it was a lot of 
like open a lot of just open air yeah, yeah open a whole lot of nothing grass space not com- like not completely complaining like obviously because a lot of people have wanted open world um but just curious to see what else we're going to um kind of like run to and um see what like because you you got to have your staples like you got to have like maybe pokemon not pokemon centers because this is obviously the start of everything but yeah you're like a pioneer on on the you know the you're a trailblazer mm. for the pokemon uh pokemon collectors and aficionados out there so i'm curious to see what they do yeah. maybe they're real primitive pokemon centers yeah because they, they in the in the trailer they actually show you like what looks to be like an og pokeball which like it like looks wooden and like with polished like what almost seemed like a pearl um kind of style so i I like how i like what angle this is going and then giving people like i said what they wanted which was open world pokemon so um yeah so curious to see uh, more trailers in the time they're saying a release of early 2022 um so hopefully we get to see more um i'm not really big on those starters by the way um i know some of them are favorites but for me personally not my faves yeah rowlet cinderquill and oshawott you know Oshawott's me. cute, okay. but like, yeah, for me, those three don't really call out to me, unfortunately. Yeah, but uh, it's it's cool that we're finally seeing something with that kind of scope coming from the Pokemon universe. Mm. So uh, really curious to see more of it. No doubt we're going to get many trailers and announcements over the coming months as far as more about this world and the way you interact with it and whatever else. Hopefully... Uh, if there's items that have uh, durability levels, hopefully they're actually graded <laughs> accordingly and don't break after, you know, one swing or something like that. Just, because otherwise, this game's in the bin. Throw a pokeball and it's just like it just disintegrates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your berries rot in your pockets and stuff like exactly. that. So you've, you're constantly starving. And then also we got uh, a new Pokemon Snap uh, gameplay trailer. Obviously, uh, it's coming out at the end of April. So April 30th is when you can get your hands on new Pokemon Snap on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, but it just just highlighted some of the the, the new tools and um, you know photo editing and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. It's fine. Yeah. More Pokemon. Cool. <laughs> they kind of elaborated a bit more on the special tasks that you'll be requested and doing as well as um how taking photos of like certain pokemon doing certain things will obviously give you a higher star rating based on rarity um and then uh, they also added this thing where you can post your photos online and if you the more rare or unique your post um you can get promoted and get points for it online which i thought was pretty funny kind of a bit instagrammy um they also added a Pokemon Glow tool where you can uh, essentially like get a Pokemon to glow a bit. Uh, <laughs> glow up. Yeah, gl- have them uh, a little bit of a glow. Um, they kind of also elaborated on the environments that you would be going into as well. Like, the- I can see why this game is pretty spectacular for the, you know, the average and major Pokemon fan because it looks absolutely adorable. Um, but like we've kind of said, like I could only see me getting such a limited amount of gameplay out of it before I kind of go, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I'm the same. Like it looks cool. Will I play it? Yeah. Will I buy it on day one? Probably not because Nintendo prices are notoriously overpriced and yeah. <laughs> the price doesn't ever drop. So if I got nothing to do and maybe a bit of cash to burn, maybe I'll buy it sometime soon. But it's cool and 
I guess I'm I'm with you like what you just said there as far as as Pokemon fans die hard casual and anyone else in between it's it's just cool that we're getting a lot of this cool varied Pokemon content coming to the Switch you know mm-hmm. that it is it is in HD and it is those true next steps as far as Pokemon games go we we're gone from the the old bloody, you know, low pixel count Pokemon games to now this this high definition open world stuff and Pokemon Snap looks stunning and quirky and memorable and you know, I'm happy for all the Pokemon fans out there that overnight were probably doing backflips and really excited for stuff that's coming out. So it's uh, it's cool to see. Yeah. Like and like the a lot of this um is lining up with was it twenty five? 25th year anniversary of Pokemon. Yep, yep. And um, this event, actually, the Pokemon Presents, started with a introduction video of essentially the history of Pokemon and all the different devices and all the different tools and then the moving on to shop fronts uh, and also uh, clothes as well. Um, that very expensive polo line. No, it's not even polo, is it? It's like a Yeah, they do shirt. t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. yeah, like some of them are really nice, but holy moly. I tried. Like, I looked to buy a couple of them and saw the price and went, yeah. maybe not today. <laughs> Considering I probably never wear the shirt too, like I just wanted it for the sake of having it. And then I was like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go waste some money on some digital NBA cards instead. Yeah. <laughs> Sell them for a, an actual increased price. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the Pokemon Presents, I think, was pretty decent. It got like a lot of, of the fans hyped. Um, I don't know how many were expecting the Diamond and Pearl, and as well as obviously Pokemon Legends. Uh, yeah. And then also having the Pokemon Snap extension as well so yeah pretty quick a lot of news this week a lot of a lot of big things Hmm. like sometimes we're sort of almost clutching at straws to find some cool things to talk about and this week it was like the opposite where there's so much going on that we've had to sort of skim surface level on so much of it to fit it in in the episode time frame so it's it's a cool week for gamers uh whether it be yeah pokemon fans nintendo fans sony fans you name it like there's something out there in a, with a positive spin on it outside of, you know, <laughs> Anthem shutting down everything else out there doing the rounds this week is all pretty cool and double thumbs up. Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, let's go to this. New releases and events. Obviously, we're looking at the Monday through Sunday release schedule. And, um, you know, we've got a smattering of not only content coming at you from an 8-bit perspective, but also a couple of things uh, as far as game releases, TV and streaming service releases. So obviously, if you're listening to us right now, obviously uh, we were part of the Monday release for this uh, this calendar week. Uh, probably the only, definitely priority number one, two, and three for for your listening schedule uh, for your podcast for your Monday. On Tuesday, I've got is this thing on number seven, and uh, it's going to be myself and Dash doing a bit of a pre-roll before the Hungry Game Show records tomorrow night. So I can't even give you a spoiler about what it's about because I don't know what's ha- happening in it because it hasn't happened yet. And that's the Kofi exclusive. Be, that is. Yeah. So you can only get that podcast if you are supporting us over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8 bits on Wednesday. PlayStation 5 fans rejoice because Yakuza Like a Dragon drops on Wednesday. So you can get your hands on that fantastic, fantastic gem that was released uh, last November on the Xbox as well as PlayStation 4. But uh, it's so fun, that game. You know, we've, we've talked very 
highly and very uh, glowingly about our experiences playing Yakuza Like a Dragon last year. Mm, yeah, and it's actually been pretty good seeing just as much how um, Yakuza is extended into what I would refer to as the mainstream gaming space. Um, Yakuza felt like a very niche fan base, which I got into very late myself. So um, seeing like a lot of people that would not normally play Yakuza um, use this as their like a starting point and then I'm seeing that uh, they're having such a great time and everyone then recommending Yakuza 0 so um, it's been great hell yeah and also on Wednesday I do believe, believe we have the next episode of Comedy Rewind dropping from Australia's John O'Peck and then if we're jumping over to Thursday you can get early access to the Hungry Game Show number 15 which uh, has uh, Dash from DashGamer.com battling Persona 5. So I'm excited to see how he goes with that because he is one of the the most diehard Persona fans I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think he's played through Persona 5 maybe three times, which is absolutely bananas. But uh, we're going to test his trivia metal uh, tomorrow night when I record with him. So uh, we'll see how he goes. It'll be out over early access over at ko-fi.com forward slash we8bit. On Friday, we've got the next episode, obviously, of WandaVision. We've also got the uh, Pacific Rim, the black animated series dropping on Netflix uh, this coming Friday. And uh, also Sea of Solitude, the director's cut on Nintendo Switch. Great little game, uh, you know, addresses a lot of sort of heavy emotional uh, traumas that people go through. It's focused primarily around mental health Mm -hmm. and mental illness. So um, really good game. I'd recommend giving it a look, but just... Just bear in mind that it does have some heavy themes. So if that is a potential trigger point or something you're not comfortable in tackling, maybe just read up on the game before throwing some cash behind it. But otherwise, I really recommend it as a game that everyone uh, has to has to try in their life. On Saturday, Coming to America, the sequel to uh, Eddie Murphy's 80s classic film <laughs> is landing on Amazon Prime Video. Rado, uh, do not care, but I'll probably watch at least the first 20 minutes of it to see if it's good. And if it sucks, then I'll just stop and move on with my day. But never saw the original. Rado, I just miss Eddie Murphy Raw and Eddie Murphy Delirious. That's that's my favorite Eddie Murphy stuff. Those two stand-up specials. <laughs> and next Sunday, I don't have anything written down. Is there anything you want to throw for next Sunday slash Saturday that you're aware of? No, I, I don't really uh, retain anything's release on a Sunday. Sunday is a day of rest. <laughs> even though I go to yeah. the gym. So, yeah. But yeah, Miss Hart, that's, uh, that brings us to the end of The Hungry Gamers for the 230th time. Anything you want to say before we shut down the studio for another week? Yeah, just like bring it full circle and uh, just bring back Outriders again. I just want to give a special mention to my goofy-ass character. Um, I don't know what the hell. Oh, Gummy Joe. I don't know what happened. Oh, I have a picture of uh, when I created her and she looked gorgeous, gorgeous little character. And then for some reason loading into the game, she also looked like a cross between like boss baby. And then, yeah, just like a really goofy character. Something about her teeth are not fitting in her mouth. So... uh, Yeah, it was very Mr. Ed-esque for some reason there. It was strange, but like, yeah demos right no right so hopefully you don't get that in the final release of the game no (laughs) you know in in a handful of weeks time so outriders uh, created a discord where they requested people to give them feedback of three points and like as far as i heard it was just a mess god it's it's pandora's box when a when a studio or a dev or whoever has like a recommendation or like a vent section Mm. on a discord don't do it because it opens up 
a can of worms and rarely is anything said in there positive or could be taken in a positive or useful. way. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, I could have given some very useful feedback, but I guarantee you it would be drowned out by all the, uh, you know. Yeah, all the rabble. Yeah, all the rabble is probably a good, good way of putting it. Oh, all right, Happy Nation. Thanks for stopping on by the Hungry HQ again for another week. Uh, we're going to be back with episode 231 next week. Mm. But yeah, until then, Apit Nation, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.